Several weeks ago, we realized that our oldest grandchild would be graduating from high school uh, next weekend. And so we began to think about, oh, we really needed, needed to go back and, and help celebrate and be there as grandparents to support our, our grandchild. And so we're doing that. We are, we're flying back this afternoon. Pray for us because I'm a white-knuckle flyer all the way. I hate to fly. But this afternoon, we're flying out of Kenai. You do? You want to trade places? <laughs> and so, so we, have, we have a couple-hour layover in uh, uh, Anchorage. We fly out tonight at 940 out of Anchorage into uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. We have a seven-hour layover in St. Paul after flying all night. Uh, and uh, then uh, we get on the plane and get, get back to our home in Michigan uh, about 8 o'clock tomorrow night, Alaska time. So uh, be praying for us. You know, it's going to be one of those things you just have to endure. So, uh, And then um, I'll be back in about a week and a half uh, because of the cost of airline tickets and the love of grandchildren. Jackie's not coming back. And I'm like, I don't blame you, you know. So uh, anyhow, be praying for us as, as, as we go through this airline thing. <laughs> I think it was 42 years ago that the phone rang at 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but if you hear the phone ring at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know uh, there's a problem. And... Even though I was half awake when I got to the phone, I, I recognized the voice of my older brother. And he said, Mike, who was our 18-year-old brother, uh, Mike has just been killed in an accident. Um, he'd been on spring break from Indiana down to Cocoa Beach, Florida. He was walking along the side of the road in, in the downtown area somewhere. And... Uh, uh, a drunk driver swerved over and killed him. And, um, I mean, even to 42 years later now, I'm just like, I say that in almost utter disbelief. I mean, it just, it just rocked my world. And uh, we were pretty close. And I, I just felt like, you know, back in those days, I, I just didn't know if I could go on. I mean, it was just... It was traumatic. It really was. You never forget those, those bad days, those days when it feels like our whole world has just caved in. We, have, we get this bad news, whatever it might be, and we're like, man, um, the future seems uncertain. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had days like that when you get the news that something bad has happened and your world just feels like it's it, it's crumbling, or you get news from the doctor, and uh, you're like, what in the world is going on? You, it feels like, like all of a sudden you're just walking around with a dark cloud over your head, and even though it's sunshiny outside, wherever you walk, uh, you're under this storm cloud, kind of like that Snoopy character Pigpen, you know? walking around with that dark cloud wherever, wherever you go. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I, I suppose you have if you're, 
If you've been on the planet for any length of time, you, you know what that's like. To feel like, wow, life is just really uh, a struggle in that, in that moment. Um, and sometimes it, it, it's like, we don't mean to, but when those bad things happen, we just kind of find ourselves living under this cloud of the moment. You know, this, this struggle thing, this bad thing, this challenge in our, in our life. Um, we just can't shake it, you know? It's just like, it's, it's always there. And no matter how hard we try, it's just like, it, it drags us down and, and we get depressed and we lose sight of the big picture and we feel like we don't have anything to live for and we throw up our hands and we say, what's the use? And that's the danger of living under the cloud of the moment is that we get so discouraged that we just give up and we want to throw in the towel and I might, you might even begin to think about, you know, what's the use in going on and I don't know if you've ever struggled with thoughts of suicide, uh, but if we live under the moment of um, the dark cloud, it can take us down a really, really scary road. So as Brent said, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you about small steps that make a big difference. But when we think about the cloud, dark cloud of the moment, and about the struggles that seem to overwhelm us um, and bring darkness into our lives. When we think about that, there's a step that we can take that will really help us. And it's the step of seeing life as step, stepping from moment to journey. Stepping from the pain and the agony and the darkness of the moment to recognize that our life isn't defined by the moment. We're, we're on a journey. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. I thought about this small step that makes a big difference. And I, I, and I recognize that there are places in the Bible, there are people in the Bible that have lived under the dark cloud of the moment, uh, but they survived. And they, they made that step from moment to journey. And uh, one of the people I think about, his name is Joe. Joe came from a, a really big family, but it was a, uh, let's call it a dysfunctional family. It was a, a family that had family problems. And the biggest problem that that family had was there was jealousy amongst the brothers. And the brothers... The brothers all turned on Joe, and they, they did him wrong, and they, they threw him under the bus. Joseph, of course. They sold him into slavery like a piece of cattle. <laughs> um, and so he ended up living in, this, in a foreign country. You probably know the story very well. But because of his relationship with God... Joe flourished in this country, and he rose up through the ranks from slave to like a very, very important person in that, in that country. And in that country, while he was there, God gave Joe this vision. 
And the vision was that there was going to come this great big famine. And so, so God worked with Joseph and he said, you know what, you need to start saving up some food. And so they began to hoard food in the, in the granaries because they were certain that this famine was, was going to come. Meanwhile, back in the home country of Joseph, these brothers didn't know anything about a famine, and so they were starving to death, and so they had a powwow, and they decided they would go to this far country, and they would see if there was any food that they could bring back for their dad and so that they could live and not perish during the famine. And so they got to this distant country, went into this big room, and the goal was to get food. And they walked into the big room, and they faced the official that could say yes or no about the food. And you know the story. They looked up, and they're like, whoa, whoa. Now, I, I don't want to linger here too long because this is just the first of three little things I want to tell you about these uh, people that step from moment to journey. But can you imagine that moment if you're the brothers and you had sold your youngest brother into slavery and you travel to this other country and you walk in this room, you're going to beg for food, which means you're begging for your life, and all of a sudden you're, you're looking at him and it's been quite a few years, but all of a sudden your brother next to you goes, hey, psst, hey. Doesn't he look familiar? <laughs> and so there they are, and, and they recognize it's Joseph, the guy, the brother that they've thrown under the bus. And I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph, I'm like, hey, guard, psh, 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 off with their heads. I mean, really. But we see Joseph's reaction, and we go to uh, Genesis 50, 20. Here's what Joseph said to his brothers in that moment. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That story always amazes me. And the reaction of Joseph always amazes me. I mean, wow. Who would have blamed Joseph if he'd have gotten a bad attitude and gotten nasty? But no. He had stepped from the moment when he was thrown under the bus to recognize that this was all about a journey, you see. And it was all about a journey where God was at work in the bad circumstances of his life. Hmm. I love that story. That's another Old Testament story, and you'll right away, as soon as I say the name, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a story. I thought about the story of Job. The rich, the powerful, the prominent, the affluent man there of the Old Testament. His life absolutely fell apart. I mean, he lost all of, all of his cattle, you know, all, everything that he owned was taken from him and died, and even his kids died. Um, lost all of his wealth. And then his beloved wife, he turned to her for advice. And she said, 
hey, this is horrible. This is the worst day of your life. Why don't you curse God and die? Thank you, wife, for that advice. What an encouragement you are. And if that wasn't bad enough, he had three friends that pulled him aside and said, listen, all of this has happened because you've got some sort of sin in your life. This has all happened because you did, you did something bad. This has happened because you screwed up. And you may not know it, but you've got some sort of secret sin going on in your life. You must have somehow deserved this because God has really zapped you. Um, wow. I mean, what, what an amazing story. Talk about living under the dark cloud. Wow. Um, and it would have been easy for Joseph, I beg your pardon, for Job to give up. I've lost all my wealth. My wife's giving me horrible advice. My friends think I'm a jerk. What do I have to live for? I don't know if you know the story, but Joseph, or Job refused to live in the moment, and he, and he stepped from moment to journey, and he saw that life was a journey. He began to see the big picture. Now we look at Job 42. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. In other words, what Job is saying is, I, I, I'm in this miserable, horrible mess, but there's a bigger plan somewhere out there. You see that? No plan of yours can be thwarted. Even if I lose all of my wealth, even if my kids die, even if all of these terrible things happen, he, he was confident that God was at work behind the scenes with this big plan, this big picture that was unfolding that Job didn't know anything about, but he trusted God that, that God was at work. And then when you go to the New Testament, I guess one of my favorite examples in this regard is Peter. Rough, impetuous, fisherman turned disciple the same disciple that had a really, really, really bad day when Jesus was arrested. And Peter denied having anything to do with Jesus. He denied knowing Jesus. He denied being associated with Jesus, not once, not twice. Three times he denied Jesus. Three times he thought about it <clears throat> and made the bad decision to essentially betray the very Son of God. And he was warned about it. <clears throat> he was warned that this was coming down the road, and yet he's like, mm, no. Denied Jesus three different times. But what I love about this story is the same thing I love about the story of 
of Joseph and the story of Job, it's that in spite of the dark clouds of the moment, in spite of the tragedy of the moment, in spite of the bad decisions that he had made, God was still at work behind the scenes accomplishing his divine purpose. So we go to John 21 now. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So we know that behind the scenes, God was still at work in the life of Peter, even though he denied Jesus three times. And you'll recall the verse in the Gospels where Jesus says, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. Now, Peter could have remained under the dark cloud of denying Jesus three times. I mean, that's pretty horrific when you think about it. Made the decision once, twice, three times. But Jesus is still there. God in the flesh is still there, calling out to him because Peter is not defined by that dark cloud of the moment. He's defined by the journey that he's on, He's defined by this great plan that God has behind the scenes for him and for his life and for his future. Not defined by the dark cloud of the moment. Now I've thought about these men and there are other examples of course in the Bible that you could point to. But each of these really illustrate the take-home principle for this morning. And the take-home principle is found in Romans 8.28. And you probably recognize this verse. Let me read 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. That little verse reminds us that in the hard times, when the dark clouds come into our life, that God hasn't abandoned us. That that he is there. Even when, maybe like Peter, we've denied him, and we've made bad decisions, and we started going down the wrong road, God is still there calling out our name. And God still has a plan for us to accomplish. And that... God is working behind the scenes on our behalf to lead us and to help us. So here's the really good news today. It's this, that you are not defined by your bad day. You're not defined by your bad week. 
nor by your bad month, nor by your bad year. Those are the, the, dark, the moments of dark clouds. Don't let them define you because there's a bigger story behind the scene that God wants to unfold in your life and God still wants to work in you and through you in spite of the dark clouds, in spite of the fact that you're depressed, in spite of the fact that you might want to just give up and crawl in a hole and die. I know that's counterintuitive. I know that when you go through a bad time, we're, we're tempted to hear the echo of the words of Job's wife, why don't we just give up and die? That's the temptation. Or we say to ourselves, God doesn't care about me. Or we say, if God really loved me, he'd help me. Or we'd say, if God really loved me, he'd somehow get me a job that paid more. Or if God really loved me, he'd heal me of my addiction. Or if God really loved me, it's a dark cloud when you go down that road. Um, and then you start to look around and you wonder, kind of like in the story of Job, then you start to wonder as you see all these dark clouds in your life and you look across the street at your neighbor who is a party animal, and maybe he's an atheist, and maybe he's like one of the worst people on the planet, and he's got this brand new car in his driveway. Yeah? He got a, he got a promotion at work. He just caught the biggest halibut ever in the inlet. And he's the worst person I know. We start to look around like that, and we're like, wow, what in the world is going on? You are not defined by your bad moments. Always remember, God is still at work when the dark clouds are over your head. And God still has plans for you. I think one of the things I like in that verse I just read a moment ago is that Paul says very clearly that all things can work to the good. All things. And I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a simpleton. No, a man's there. I give you a chance. But I think if it says all, it means all. I mean, even the things that you look at in your life, you're like, even that? Yeah. You, you mean the worst day of my life, God can use that for his glory and to accomplish his purposes through me? All things. And I'm like, yep. I, 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 I have to believe that. And so that means that the irritating boss that you have, God can use that irritating, irritating boss to accomplish his purpose through you, or that disease that you have that doesn't seem to go away, or that those stupid things you said the other day to somebody that you love deeply and it still is causing pain and you're obsessing about, about that thing. You mean God can use that? Yes, he can. 
we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. And so the secret in moving forward in confidence, even when you haven't seen the sunshine in a mighty long time, the secret in moving forward confidently is knowing that, <clears throat> that in all things, God is at work. And He's at work for the good, for your good. Not to bring you down, not to bring you shame, not to make your life miserable, but for your good and to accomplish his purposes. Now, there's one little asterisk to this whole thing, and it's to not gloss over the words found in this 28th verse that say, that say, um, who love him. Let me, let me just, uh, I'll read it here. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who are rebelling against him. No, no, of course not. It doesn't say that. that it's that God will do a good work in us even when the dark clouds are overhead. And he does that for those who love him. Not for those who are rebelling against him. And I don't know what your thought about that is. Like, oh, that's not fair. Or, why, why doesn't God help those who are rebelling? Well, he does. But what's, what's the link here? Why does Paul add that? And I've given that some thought. And it, 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 it occurs to me that when, that when Paul writes these words... That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. He writes those words because he wants to partner with people that are living under the dark cloud. And he wants to work together with people living under the dark cloud to lead you forward out from under the darkness. Now, if you love God and God reaches out to you, and you're under the dark cloud, you're going to go, yep, let's go. And if God says, here's what I want you to do, I want you to pick up the phone and ask that person to forgive you. I want you to quit your job, and I want you to apply for a job over there, or I want you to go, whatever it is, if you love God, you're living under the dark cloud, and God comes up and says, here's what I want you to do, you're going to be like, yep. So you partner with him. Everything works out for the good of those that love him because God is going to partner with you and you're going to work your way out from underneath the cloud of darkness. But if you're in rebellion and you're under the cloud and you've got an attitude and God comes and says, here's what I want you to do, you're like, leave me alone. You're in rebellion. You see? God wants to partner with you in your cloud of darkness. God wants to partner with you in your times of depression. God wants to partner with you when you're about ready to give up and you feel like you can't hang on any longer. God wants to draw alongside of you. And if you love God, you're going to welcome the help for the good of those who love him. 
So when we make that step from moment to journey and recognize we're not defined by the moment, but by the journey that we go on with God, when that happens, we resonate then with what Paul writes a little bit later on in verses 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, dark cloud, hardship, dark cloud, persecution, dark cloud, famine, famine, dark cloud, nakedness, danger, sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. If anyone has a right to wine in their life, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, there's a man that I would, I'd, be, I'd be like, you want to whine, Paul? You go right ahead. Moan and groan? Yep, you deserve it. I'd, I'd give him a pass, for sure. Think about the things that he had gone through. I mean, he'd been shipwrecked. He'd been beaten. He'd been run out of town. He planted some churches, and the people in the churches that he planted uh, turned on him and uh, mistreated him. I mean, he had so many horrible things happened to him, but Paul exemplifies someone who had, making, who had taken the step from moment to journey, and he saw the big picture of God at work, God accomplishing his will through Paul, even in those dark moments. What a tremendous way to live. And when you live like that, you can say with Paul that in spite of all these things, we are more than conquerors. So what would happen if you would live your life like that? What would happen if maybe even right now you're under the dark cloud and maybe, maybe you've been depressed for a long time or maybe the circumstances in your life have been so overwhelming you can't drag yourself out of bed. And maybe even this morning when you woke up and that sun wasn't in your eyes at 4 o'clock in the morning, you saw it was cloudy and dark and rainy. And maybe even this morning you were like, I'm not going to church. Guess what? You hear. And you're here because God whispered into your ear. And here you are this morning, and you're hearing this, this word that you're not defined by these moments. I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, to take the step from living in the moment to journey and embrace the reality that God has this big plan in place. And all you have to do is reach out and follow him. He will lead you out from under the dark cloud. Stand with me and let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we give you thanks this morning that you are the God of light, not the God of darkness. Now we know that in each of our lives, including my own, bad things happen. Dark times come, but Father, I'm really glad that we don't have to live under the darkness. Now I want to pray right now, Heavenly Father, 
For anyone that's here that's living under the dark cloud, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's a health issue, a financial issue, a spiritual issue, a relationship issue. I don't know where the darkness comes from, but you do. I pray, Father, that you would help each of us today, right now, to reach out to you and to invite you to lead us out from under the dark cloud and help us to realize, to embrace the truth that you are at work in our lives even when it seems dark and you have a plan that you want to work through us to accomplish your good and your purposes. May it be so. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.